This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Veli. You can text the show on 8.12.15, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Or you know what? You can email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Try to make it sound a bit more human this week, a bit less like a read. What do you think? How do you think it went? I think it had some more some more soul in it. Oh, thank you. That's what I tried to find. <laughs> yeah. I thought I'd start formal and then have a sense of me melting as if a man who was trying to be something he wasn't and then was allowed himself to, to break down and to reveal himself. I think people at home will like me for my vulnerability. <laughs> OK. You know you're saying this all out loud. Oh, am I? What, again? <laughs> Oh, no. After the court case and everything. We've already had a lovely... I mean, we don't share praise, Pierre. Mm. I know. And yet you decided to join us in spite of that. That's true. Um, (laughs) But we have... We do. I do occasionally allow a, a small smidgen through for Frank's poetry work. Oh, yes. Yeah, well, I think that counts because it's such an obscurist activity. Yes, it, it's it's about it brings a balance to it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's not exactly Britain's Got Talent, is it? <laughs> no, no. Although, always, always mm. an option. Yeah, to promote the. Well, podcast. you could bring the bosses out for the poetry. <laughs> oh no! I Can you imagine? It. No, because it's about love. That would be great. It's I wanted not... lonely as a. <laughs> no, it no. is not like Britain's Got Talent about. Bite. <laughs> <laughs> so, Framing Witches has been in touch. Okay. Um, even I'll let that, that sit. There's there. not much, not much work in that, um, no. in that line of informing anymore, is there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Is that an occupation or some sort I of think intent? It, it, it probably was it in the seventeenth uh, yeah. century or sixteenth. But yeah. these days, kicking their buckled shoes are idle. Mm, they are, oh, they yeah. like a buckle. I tell you what, in that coronation, oh, there were a lot of yeah. framing witches' shoes in that quarry. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> there was some buckle, a proper buckle shoes. Yeah. Oh, it's a Cromwell fest. You should have heard my, you should have heard my parish, my parish priests. <laughs> homily this week it was the day after the coronation he said I very much enjoyed the coronation he said in 1953 no Catholic was allowed in the church really? the coronation Gosh. he said at that time Catholics weren't allowed in Protestant churches and then he listed the Duke of Norfolk the Papal Nuncio the head of the right and he went through every like military figures who weren't there officially as Catholics but he knew they were Catholics so he outed them <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of what my dad claimed that Muhammad Ali was Catholic once in our house. <laughs> but um, it was great. It was a real yeah. spot, the Catholic thing. I loved it. Oh. Anyway, sorry, carry on. And the golden coat. Oh, mm. The golden coat. It wasn't, re- it wasn't really a coat, was it? More golden bathrobe. It went on, though, didn't it? Oh, it went on? Yeah. Apparently the, the attendees had to get there at 740 Oh, and it only started at 11. Oh, so it's they... like the Royal Variety performance. <laughs> Everything to do with the Royals takes so long. Um, one thing I found a little bit tricky um, was the screen. Oh, no, I like... Because we talked about that, hadn't we? We talked about the anointing screen. Yeah. Mm. We talked In about the, the anointing screen. I wasn't expecting that, though, Frank. Oh, it was, it was very... Uh, <laughs> it was very Grandma can't get to the proper toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I think they should have had, you know, like in the Scarlet O'Hara, you know, they had those those louvered doors. They had those screens, you know, where they got change behind and you'd see a corset come over, flung over. I thought it'd be a bit more like that. Yeah, I... Um, Did you I, like I, the screen? I, there was, you could see through the join a little... Mm. Uh, just hints of anointing. <laughs> going on just teasing <laughs> you know how teasing a half glimpsed anointing can be yeah it, well it really went there I, there was something of the Vegas magic show about it oh yes it was yeah <laughs> oh, exactly Copperfield was there <laughs> he didn't get an invite Copperfield no I he, he I think I don't know what, what's he doing now Copperfield I don't know Never hear about he's, him anymore. If you're listening, if you're listening, Dave, <laughs> what's that? He's disappeared. 
Oh, and his partner is currently doing shows in Vegas and New York. <laughs> Simultaneously. Um, it was like a cutting a woman in half. Oh, I had to come with a what fr- about framing witches? You don't. Oh, we'll get to framing witches in a minute. <laughs> As right. I think the right, witch finder that. general wants to say. Frank Skinner. 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 On Absolute Radio. May yes. I return us? Oh, yes, to um, framing witches. Yeah, he's got a lot on. Yeah. Um, framing witches says, even if poetry isn't your bag... Hmm. I like the idea of it not being your bag. I think that's true. Or <laughs> the vast majority of the nation, the you world. Never felt comfortable properly investigating it. Mm. Notice, mm. always with the investigations, which find a general. Yes. I guarantee that this podcast will enable you to see the beauty within. Uh, now that I had to share that because that's quite a. a no, good it's, that's one, very, isn't it? very splendid. Do you feel uncomfortable? With I don't, you know, praise? I'm not great with praise, but I sort That's of feel, one. like I say, it's such a minimalist activity about <laughs> That's what I feel. Yes, exactly. It's like tapping a small child on the head, whereas you wouldn't do it with a fully grown woman. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Not anymore! <laughs> anyway, so, um, here's, oh, what a week I've had. Um, we'll continue this theme. I was in a cab on um, Monday night and um, it was one of those moments I, I, I suddenly filled with dread when the co- cab driver said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try a Cockney accent. So uh, what have you been up to tonight? Yeah. And I said, um, I thought, shall I lie or shall I just tell him? And I thought, no, I'm not going to lie, that's wrong. So I said, um, I've been to a poetry reading at the Swedenborg Centre <laughs> and he said what's, what's, what's that what's that like? and I said well it's you know a mate of mine he's, he's got his collected poems coming out so he got up and read from it you know he read the poem so there was a pause and this he honestly said yeah I've had a bad night as well <laughs> Why did I suggest? And then... Um, That's perfect. And then... I actually uh, love him. That's really well, funny. Well, you know what? I could only laugh at it later because I there was I was slightly felt... No, I've got to, I've got to say it wasn't a bad night in joy, but yeah. I just... I, I had to leave it. He'd then gone on to why he's sick of being a cab driver and, right. and then he yeah. told me some terrible stories about things that had happened to him mm. in his... But... Um, <laughs> the, that, the, the assumption of that. That's why I don't mind a bit of praise for the poetry podcast. <laughs> you have to you're allowed some balance, I think. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Um, you were talking us through your uh, driver. The, it was a cab that you got into, wasn't it? Yes. Who said? Uh, <laughs> No, he assumed that going to a poetry reading was a, was a bad night, which um, I didn't... I, I wasn't afraid, but I just thought, oh, I can't. I can't be starting to just... It was like it was like 10 to midnight, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I couldn't be doing well, it. I had something this morning which I wanted to run past you guys. I had a driver this morning who said... Uh, I really liked him, actually. I should say, I really warmed him. He had a, I liked his, his life. OK, attitude. well, then I really like my one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel guilty. We're all different. No, he, We're he, all God's children. I, I did quite like him. Um, he was classically London cabby. Mine said, which I liked, he said he had a pick-up after me and he said, yeah, um... He said, I'm going to uh, Royal Windsor. I like that he used Royal Windsor. Oh, nice. Uh, pick-up from the Savoy. And then he said, somebody's got money. <laughs> I love it. Do you like that? He's right. Somebody you, has got money. And then he said, yeah. which I enjoyed, he said, so what's happening with Camilla then? <laughs> oh, ah. He said, what does... Sabine, how long was the journey to start that conversation? Maybe, maybe, maybe he's a listener and he assumes that you must have met her. At said, some what's point. happening with her? He said, you know, she will be queen. Even if he goes, she'll be queen. I said, oh no, no, no. 
That's not that's not the deal. I don't know what happens if he. Uh, I don't know if we should be talking about. Uh... Well, it's about. I think we're allowed. It's about the monarchy rather than oh, no. anything to be. And so he said. Um... <clears throat> so it seems a bit harsh to be discussing his death the week <laughs> after the coronation. <laughs> well, anyway, she said. Uh, I said. He said, "Well, she doesn't get to keep the crown." I keep said, it? I said no. He said, "That's awful." Uh. <laughs> I don't no. think that would be her primary concern. You're right. I mean, you could say, is it sexist that she gets kicked out if he dies? Yeah. Was it? Well, yeah. I'll have to think, think before you answer. That's my advice. Well, you know what I'd say? Someone's got money. Yeah. Do you ever have a conversation where somebody brings something up? and I mean, it must happen to both of you two, and you've got a really a really good thing to do. You know, I was once um, at a, a, a bonfire, uh, just a few of us around a bonfire. Framing and, witches. And this, no, not that <laughs> night. <laughs> and uh, this, uh, this guy I was with sprinkled something on the fire and the whole fire sort of went green and, and it was really quite, whoa, we all went, whoa. And sometimes in conversation, you just have something to drop in. You think, yeah. "Oh, I'm loving this." So, I was. I went this week to um, the press night of Operation Mincemeat, which is a musical, um, which is at the Fortune in uh, in the West End, which I've spoken about before on this show. This is my third time at Operation Mincemeat, and I love it so much. It's just joyous. Nevertheless. So um, I was, um, I went to the after show, which was at the Banqueting House, which you may recall is where um, Charles I was executed. Hmm. He had to sort of go out the window onto a platform oh. and then they did the rest. Funnily enough, when you go in there, they got that, do you know that famous painting of Charles I when there's three of him? It's like side on from the left, side on from the right, and then in the middle. Like he's been arrested. Yeah, so you get like a three-headed Charles the first to try and overcompensate <laughs> for, for the one upstairs. Um, so we went there. Oh, that's a great... I'll tell you something about that room where he was executed. There's Rubens paintings on the ceiling, which he commissioned... So when he's led through the room to his execution, ah. he looks up and there's there's the paintings that, Filthy he, creep. that he commissioned. Anyway, I was talking to uh, a couple and um, the woman said um, that it's about, and it's a true story from World War II, and she told me something um, which was a, a really interesting and unusual fact, but I had a... I just had a little treat that mm. just fell into my lap. I'll tell you what it was after after this. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. So where? Oh yes. Yeah, so this this woman was saying, I've got a sort of strange involvement with this musical, mm. and I don't think this is a spoiler because it's a very well known story. But a part of the the plot, it's a World War Two story. But don't let that put you off. I know that wouldn't put. When I watched it, I thought, I wonder if Pierre has seen <laughs> this. Of is, course he's seen it's it. It's like a World War II intelligence um, story. Oh, and I so thought, him. Oh, I thought it's so far up Pierre Strasser, he wouldn't need a visitor's parking permit. <laughs> are, there co- are there codes involved? Oh, there's codes. Oh, he loves codes. No, man. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> so this woman said, my great uncle was H.A.L. Fisher and he I said hold on and this was my moment I said H.A.L. Fisher wrote a two volume history of Europe (laughs) I've read it (laughs) (laughs) she was happy I was happy (laughs) it was just oh her face when you said that oh well my face when I said it as soon as she I mean it's been years since I read it but that was that name you gave her the chance to say the phrase the very same, <laughs> yeah, which is a great phrase to be able. But to also, say. I think it's if a- it's your if it's your a relative, the oh, idea yeah. that someone's read his two volume history of Europe is quite a nice feeling. The whole- we, oh, yeah. we, ba- we basked in each other's knowledge, our relation, oh. everything. Someone gets to put their hand up and say, "But you don't mean 
The HR fish. Yes, so anyway. It's the this, whole thing's got a very J.R. Hartley energy. So the, 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 they had to use a corpse as part of the plot. I oh, won't go into details. Yeah. But they mm. needed to pretend that he was someone who threw money about a bit. So they asked the wife of H.A.L. Fisher, the historian, if, because he was, um, he was killed in a, like, a tram accident mm. shortly before, if she'd still got any of his underpants, which they imagine were of high quality, but they would be worn somewhat because they didn't want to put new ones on in case it made the Nazis suspicious. When I say Nazis, no disrespect to our German listeners. So, um, so she supplied... Um, some of his pants for the uh, for to put on the body. H.A.L. Fisher. Yeah. Oh my God! Wow. So it was that kind of night at the after show. I kept meeting <laughs> people who were involved with the real story. That's amazing. Oh. Yeah, I met um, the grandson of Colonel Johnny Bevan. <laughs> <laughs> And he well, I said, bet he had some quality street trousers on. You know what? He was actually wearing the trousers of his grandfather. Oh, He'd worn especially, up. yeah. Brilliant. Wow. So he was wearing Colonel Johnny <laughs> Bevan's check trousers. And this, what about this? He said his, his dad used to, his, his granddad used to tell the story because it, it was a big elaborate hoax to try and fool the Nazis. You've got to go and see, go and see Operation Mincemeat. I'm going. Yeah. I promise you, you will text the show and say, you were right, it was brilliant. Anyway, so um, he said he remembers, his granddad remembers Churchill, after it happened, this thing, Churchill came into the uh, into the sort of intelligence thing. It was the old overall. You know, he used to wear like the overalls. I, do you yeah. know that's my thing? Churchill in those overalls. <laughs> yeah. Because the confidence with which he wore them. A lot of people of his size and stature would have thought, no, not for me. Well, we, they thought he'd come to bleed the radiators. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he came in and said, um, "It's it's work. We fooled them." <gasps> Which I think I said to my manager the last time they recommissioned this show. That's absolute. <laughs> in your what a moment! Churchill coming in and saying, "I mean, come on!" They had an ice sculpture of Churchill at the show. Really? Gosh. And um, I spoke with um, with Mary, Mary the Australian, who spoke of the convo, if you might remember, mm. a few weeks ago. And um, she, I said, how long did she stay? You stay? She said, I stayed until um, until Churchill had almost gone, <laughs> like, you know, the ice thing. <laughs> and I said, I didn't like the the V sign because as the fingers, it they became like grotesque antennae. Mm. I texted back, and she said, I thought that the fingers, as it melted, looked like people's teeth when they're carved down for veneers. (laughs) And I said, maybe that's what the V stood for. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the kind of text exchange I have with my work colleagues. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. So, yeah, so I went, I was, um, it was a great after show. Phil Wang was there. Yes. P.S. Mate. Yes. Did you did you manage to corner him and ask him about that ad campaign? No, I didn't ask him. I hadn't got I hadn't got long enough for him to explain whether I would be photoshopped or actually present as an extra if I followed his ad campaign. I'm actually so relieved I didn't go now because I would have found that moment excruciating. No, I was. I would have been too embarrassed. You don't want to bring up people's failed work. Wow. Anyway, um, they had. I'll get my coat then. They had mincemeat pie okay. at Operation How, Mincemeat. The what food was the mincemeat pie like? It was, I liked it. It was very World War II. Mm. You like most food, though. Yes, I do. And then they brought out uh, chocolate cigars. Very nice. In the church, with the big ones in like cigar cases. Did you eat it or save it? Well, obviously, I played around with it for a bit and did all the cigar celebrities. Well, you know, actually, not all of them come to think of it, but um, all the ones that one could do, uh, like me Churchill and me Groucho. Yeah, it's just cigar aficionado magazine cover stars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was, uh, it was brilliant. I had um, very much uh, uh, a week. Oh, by the way, I read that um, 
they on on the, the banqueting houses thing. They tell you about the execution of Charles the First, and apparently when he was actually killed. Um, when the axe fell, mm. the groan the crown made. Um, people talked about it for years that they'd oh. never heard anything so deep and profoundly sad as the groan of the crowd. Oh wow! When oh. when because you know a king was being executed, mm. and um, then I did. Uh, a couple of Thursdays ago, I did Soho Theatre and I thought, oh, this is what it <laughs> sounds like. <laughs> sounds did, did ladies rush the stage and dip their hankies in your blood as well? Well, there was plenty of my blood on the stage. <laughs> I'll tell you what I did. I did this thing. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever done this, Peter. It's out, may God forgive you. <laughs> the night before, I'd done a gig and I thought, you know what, I haven't put enough new material in this. Mm. I need to put, you know, I've only just put a little couple of little bits in. So the next night I open with about 10, 15 minutes of new material. How was none it? of which was. <laughs> and I? the thing is that not only was I being tortured, but I knew <laughs> I had a little bit of stuff that's been working and then another job. <laughs> and I did it. I carried on and I did it. That didn't work either. Oh, Oh, <laughs> you know when King Lear comes out carrying Cordelia. How? <laughs> oh! That's what God I was like sake. in the dressing. Honestly, I can't. Oh man, the the agony of it. <laughs> and um, I, you know, I started. I turned on the crowd. It was a great night in many ways. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. Text the show on 8 15. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Oh, Frank. Yes. I thought of you at the Coronation concert. I say at whilst watching. Oh, yeah. Because Miss Piggy appeared. Oh, I know. And mm. Pierre, do you know this about Frank? Frank, do you want to tell? One him? of my worst things is people <laughs> interviewing Miss Piggy as if she's a a real person, a real person, and, and flirting a bit with her. <laughs> and her, uh, yeah, and her sort of like, coming on to them. It's a bit of an eighties <laughs> idea. This sort of um, nymphomaniac pig. <laughs> How dare you? Yes. That's like me, yeah. <laughs> um, but they've stopped with it regardless. Oh, gone. it's all right when they do it. <laughs> if Kermit had been doing it to Claire Baldwin, it would have been in the, all the papers. But she was uh, coming on strong to uh, Hugh Binky Beaumont. Is that what he's called? Hugh Bonneville. Hugh Bonneville, yeah. Oh, really? Hugh Binky Beaumont was the man who coined the phrase the magic of theatre, I believe. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, um, yes, I found that excruciating as ever. I, I Hugh's really... got the Picard, but Hugh has got access all areas. Turn up with Paddington, you're in. Oh, well, yes, where was course. Paddington? We were promised Paddington. Yeah. And we got like, there was like a 20 second hand drawn cartoon thing of what? him. What are you expecting? Well, he was Exeunt that... followed by a bear. Look, in the. In the um... He was behind the screen, the anointing screen. With the previous monarch. It, it was an actual tea party with, with Paddington. Oh, we've got yes. previous monarch now, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, with the, the last with monarch. The ancien regime. We got a real. <laughs> he's, got a bit, he's got a bit I'm mates with the ABFC. <laughs> no, but it's. Um, you know, we got. Well, I'm sure we were promised Paddington. That was in the yeah. listings. Yeah, but instead we got Scherzinger. Paddington got picked up by the Met on the way in. Yeah. In case of mistaken uh, identity. Yeah. What's, yeah, what's under that hat? <laughs> Yeah. What was in that briefcase? Does he carry a briefcase? Yeah. Oh, does he? Yeah, a little, um, little kind of luggage thing. Oh, he is. I think it's called a suitcase. <laughs> is it a proper suitcase that he has? Yeah. But it's so. not a wheelie, if that's what you mean. But it is close. It, visually, it's a bit briefcase. Let, let me get, let me get this right. Paddington was a no-show. <laughs> the coronation. <laughs> Who does he think he is? Nick Cave was there, Paddington. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I thought. Oh, they were all there. I thought it was surprisingly on bad. I liked it. Yeah. Well, Scherzinger. What did you think of her? Well, I loved I could her. Take or leave. Them. Oh, I thought she was great. Yeah. It, it was so 
It was. I, I don't like the Disney um, thing of turning cartoons <laughs> into real people. Yeah. And that felt like that. Oh, she looked like a Disney princess from a yeah. cartoon. And she, I mean, she sang, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but she wasn't one of my highlights. What was your highlight? Oh, I love Katy Perry. What I loved <laughs> is the person in the billing says, yeah, we'll have Katy Perry and then we'll have Tate that. You think, no. No. No, you, f- you close with Katy Perry, do you? No. God bless Tate that, but... Come on, I know it's in. I know it's a British night, but <laughs> come on, you got to close with Katy Perry, haven't you? I'd, I'd have thought so. I'd have thought so. Mm. But there was lots of. Um, I don't. It was really brilliant, sort of people moments. That young woman who played the the bark. This is quiet. There was. I cried a couple of times. I, I cried at just, that. You know when you sit and you think people go on about woke politics, and then you watch someone like that, and you think, actually, I'm really glad my kid is growing up in the modern age. Mm. Was that a serious moment on the on Absolute Radio? For goodness' sake, let's get back to Piggy, <laughs> who I despise. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Frank, can we please talk about something? It's a a sensitive issue. Um, I have been... I feel like I've got a lot of insight. You were talking about the Coronation concert earlier, into what's being said. In a Mm. way that I I didn't used to, uh, by the royals, because of the arrival of the lip reader, the celebrity lip reader. Oh, yes, this is a new... I, I, I wasn't aware of this before... The coronation. And then they said, uh, our lip reader said that Charles was saying, oh, this is taking a long time or something like that. Why can't we do anything on time? (laughs) Something like that. Everything's always late. He said, I'm just, he wanted to get out the coach. I mean, and then at the concert, there were some things as well. Like there was Charlotte, I mean, as greatest insights ever, it's not really up there, but Charlotte said, oh, look, papa. Oh, Oh, yeah. pointed at, um, her father on the stage. Nice. I think she said Papa was on stage. Oh, nice. Um, we've and all said it. We've all um, said it, dear. There's something unsettling about this, because it's harder to imagine a more noble profession than lip reading. Mm. Yes. And then to hand over your skills <laughs> to the tabloids for <laughs> eavesdropping purposes. Yes, yeah. That does... They're co- I mean, I have to be honest, they are wreaking havoc. Mm. I mean, but that now. does feel like people who do a medical degree and then go into the um, removing organs from people against their will <laughs> line of work. The um, there's a there's a good sort of online comedy thing, bad lip reading, which is a good illustration of how you can abuse lip reading to make it seem like people are saying what you like because of how right. few sort of shapes the mouth can make and yeah. that could be different sounds so but it's, also, it's open to abuse the king is not an easy one to do I wouldn't have thought because the teeth are usually <laughs> clamped in rage <laughs> every stinking day they did so. catch them saying where's Peddington yeah. <laughs> clenching yeah. his fist um, yeah. do you no. think that you see I, I think the lip readers have joined that other group uh, body language experts oh mm. god yes How oh no but them? that's it you see because body language experts are obviously charlatans yes whereas lip reading is a yeah. really valuable skill that's been Tarnished. Cast before swine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, They've no. gone I, to the dark side. You know what's mm. going to happen is you're going to get like a the, a big royal event and they'll all be doing, you know, where footballers <laughs> hold their hands <laughs> over their mouths when they're talking to each other. Yeah. You, know, I've seen, you see, you can watch like, oh, I'll watch a bit of Port Vale, Sheffield Wednesday and people are holding their hands and you think, what, what you're frightened <laughs> that you're, what you're saying will be. Do you think we'll see the return of the coquettish fan? Oh, I do hope so. Maybe all those masks we've got sitting in our drawers at home, maybe they'll be doing that to stop the lip Well, after Coronation Gate, I noticed... uh, What was it Charles said in the carriage? Well, I'll I'll just ask my lip read. What did they? What What did did he say, Pierre? You can never bloody do anything on time. Is that what he said? (laughs) Something like that, yeah. Yeah. as a result, <laughs> I noticed that Charles, it was very, well, I, I say I noticed, the lip readers told me, mm, mm. 
that uh, everything he said was quite anodyne. It was very complimentary. I mean, even the Muppets, even after the Miss Piggy yeah. um, debacle, he yeah. said, very funny. Yes. Very mm. funny indeed. Uh, did he really? Yeah. He didn't <laughs> say, um, <laughs> nymphomaniac pig. Uh, Scottish <laughs> pork. We use Scottish pork in the coronation <laughs> <Yeah>. sausage. <laughs> No, um, I, did he say? How lovely that he said that about something that clearly wasn't <laughs> correct. Um, I wish he'd. I wish he'd been at the Soho Theatre. <laughs> Frank, John Hopkins. Oh yes, he's been in touch, and he shares. Your hatred of Miss Piggy? Hatred probably is. I don't hate any living creature. Congratulations. <laughs> okay. Sometimes you listen to radio that just speaks for you. The truth about Miss Piggy is finally revealed. Mm. Uh, and I probably went for hatred because that is a word that John is not frightened of using. <laughs> I've always had an irrational hatred of the poor sign floozy. I've checked, we're allowed to use that word. I like the word of uh, irrational, it's got rasha in it. <laughs> <laughs> Would the nation react the same if Hugh Edwards, for example, tried to get off with Roland Rat on live TV? <laughs> um. what is Why did he just... You know what, can I just say something about Roland Rat? Yeah. Um, check with the legal department. fans... It was so arrogant. Well, we'll be the judge of that. No, but that was his, that was his shtick. But was it? it? Did he have a shtick? Mm. He had a sort of rat ego. Oh, was he, was he sort of meant to be a, an arrogant character? Yeah, that was it. He was, he was full of himself, uh, <laughs> erroneously, and that was, that, was where we, that was why we could love him, because uh, he wasn't super talented. Very few humble puppets. I think you're exactly. making him out to be some sort of Shakespearean tragic well, he hero. Saved, uh, <laughs> apparently well, he whole... saved TVAM, if I remember. That's what people always say. Tragic floor of Roland Look, I love, I love the Muppets, um, but... But for some strange reason, their weakest creation has been promoted to the top of the pyramid, and I don't, mm. I don't know. I mean, I Kermit never got a word in at um, the coronation yeah. do, and he's, I think, a more tortured, interesting, yeah. complicated character. It's him and Paddington in the back of a police van. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes, what are you in for? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that sounds like a gastropod, the frog and bear. <laughs> and we all know what Paddy's in for. Yeah. Decent exposure. Yeah. That coat and now else. Well, what? I wouldn't say Kermit was over. I think he had an evening suit on Kermit that night. Kermit makes an effort. Paddington yeah. just turns off in a duffel coat That all moment the time. when Kermit was on the bike. You know that, that famous uh, image painful. of Kermit on the Fantastic. Unbelievable. Yes. Yeah, Paddington always in his coat. Not staying long, are you? Well, can I ask you a mystery question while we oh. while you're on? Sure. Um, there's a house in New Orleans. Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> Camden. Um, Camden is in um, North North London. <clears throat> it's a very trendy area. In case you're, you're not from the metropolis, it's very. It's a quite goth. Fantastic. Mm. It is. There is a house. That I pass on the on the bus, and outside it, above the front door, right now, picture this: there is a black metal rectangle, mm. thick black metal rectangle, on a sort of a stalk connected to the wall. Oh, yeah? mm. and it, it's above the house. I would say it's about. No more than, say, 14 inches square or rectangular, if right. that makes any sense. Actually, it might be a square. Um, and it's above the door. And I said um, to my partner, Kath, what do you think is the purpose? Because uh, it's, 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 it it's just a frame. It's not a solid thing. Oh, right. So it's just like a square. Fr I think it is square. No, come to like a square frame. Like a sort of almost artist's perspective. But it looks instrument. like Victorian or yeah. something. And it's facing outwards. Yeah. And I said to Kath, "What do you think that is?" She said, "It's a one of those basketball things." <laughs> 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 well, it, 
To for what shape more has it been designed? And also, it looks like it's from the 19th century. What are you talking about? Just know that's what it is. And I was what? So if anyone has any idea what that could be, so it's like, you know when you turn sometimes those old wire um, coat hangers into like a square by stretching it? It's oh. like that, but much thicker and, uh, you know, and more permanent looking. Is it erected above, imi- over the door frame? Above the door, like where one might put a porch. Mm. Yeah. 8, 12, 15. Oh, sorry, I, you breathed in, I realised you were about to speak. No, I was just going to say, quick suggestion for the unidentified object that you and Kathy oh, yeah. had seen above a, a Camden door. Yeah. Love that poem. Um, <laughs> Phil says, your door furniture, all right, uh, <laughs> sounds like an umbrella hanger dryer. Above the An door. umbrella hanger slash dryer. Mm. I mean, I think that would be a huge temple to build to the umbrella right outside a permanent structure for these things. Well, so well, if, it's, if it's to dry it and it's raining and you're using an umbrella, it's outside. But it's not just so that, but you don't, you don't want a dripping umbrella over your door unless you're Joss William. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a prank. I don't, I, you know, I don't know what it is, but that doesn't sound right. I'll tell you what it reminded me of a bit. It reminded me of a frame that was used by Mr. Bobbles, who was a an act that I saw in Edinburgh, a man who blew lots of enormous... Actually, the day I saw him, um, as I say, I I was talking about a terrible gig I had at Soho Theatre a couple of weeks ago. Mr Bobbles was having one of those days when none of the the bobbles quite worked and he started to become furious. And he got two kids up and he said to one of the kids, stand still. And I thought, all right, Mr Bobbles. All right, mate. I know you're having a bad day, but do you think that's going to win? Here, get that, get aggressive with the kids. That'll win the crowd over. <laughs> do you remember that? That slightly remind me. Do you remember when I went to see Russell Grant? Oh, yeah. Doing a show in Edinburgh. And he got, there was a whole incident, Pierre, because mm. I'm afraid his feather boa got tangled up on his hat stand. Yeah. And... <laughs> It, he shouted, he just, there was a tense moment where the music this. had kicked I in. I feel that's how he will die. And the stage, the stage manager was trying to liberate the feather boa, you know, uh, mm. discreetly, but unable to do so. And at the Russell, he got exasperated and he just snapped. He said, leave it, will you? Yes, it was. Oh, uh, Russ. Oh, Frank, Russ. another but, suggestion. you know, he was under pressure. I, I, I love RG. Arthur Jones... Arthur Jones, wasn't he in Dad's Army? Very probably. Was Corporal Jones Arthur? I know Arthur was um, was um, Captain Mannering. Not Captain Mannering, Wilson. Okay. Uncle Arthur. Arthur Jones. Yes. Re rectangle above Camden House. Mm -hmm. Empty pub sign. Well, that would be right, but it it has a it's it's in sort of canopy. Angle. It's it's facing, not side on. Yes, yeah. it's one. Oh, it's 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 it would be above you if if you yeah. went out and you looked up, you would have a square, square shadow. Yeah. Well, it's, I don't think it's basketball. <laughs> I'm with Kath. Izzy says much more confidently, the square above the door is where a gas lamp would have been. But why is there a, a frame of some 14 inches square mm. where, for a gas lamp? Big old gas lamp, I suppose. Mm, well, that don't make no sense. <laughs> um, OK. Well, look, I don't, look I, I don't know, but none of these things have made me think, oh, yes, of course. Well, I can only apologise. No, don't. I'm glad people... You know what I mean? I love a joiner in <laughs> You know, I said I went... Uh, this week I did a poetry reading on Monday. I went to one, and then I went to uh, Operation... No, on Tuesday, everything changed this week, so bank holiday. And then I did Operation Mincemeat. It was brilliant. And then on Thursday, I went to the National Theatre mm. to see a thing called The Motive and the Cue. Ah. Yeah, which is a play about Richard Burton... 
Oh, is this the Jack Thorne? It Thorn. is, yeah. Richard Burton, you know, the old um, Richard Burton. <laughs> yes. He, um, I, mean, I talked about one of his films recently on the show. Do you remember that? The, uh, the, um, is it the Medusa touch or something? The bloke who mm. says to that woman, why don't you jump out of the window? And she jumps out the window. That's like... Uh, anyway, Richard, Richard Burton. Richard Burton played Hamlet and he was directed by Sir John Gielgud. And it's about that. And it's about the tension between the sort of... The, the, the previous generation where this bloke, Gielgud, was the great... And now this new um, hot star is at arm. If you like... Well, you don't have to sell this to me. No, (laughs) theatre or um, Shakespeare or any... uh, It's an absolute... I wallowed in it. Did you? It was... And Mark Gatiss as um, John Gielgud. I mean, I've just given you a hot tip. It's brilliant. Mm. It's absolutely brilliant. And it's uh, Johnny... Go on. Flynn... Oh, I as, as Richard. I oh, know that's what every woman you mention him to. It, there's a bit in it where yeah. he says, he says um, to his wife Elizabeth Flynn. Taylor, he he says something about her getting parts because she's she's too good looking to be casting good parts, and she said something like. Um, Guess who's talking or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And it is a problem, I think. Um, well, we all know what a problem it is in life being really good looking. <laughs> <laughs> People it's hard to feel sorry for, number 58, the right. beautiful. <laughs> 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 no, it's brilliant, though. It's really... Um, man, I loved it. Oh, and I was going to... law these successes keep coming. Mm. Well, I was going to go back and see um, Mark Gatiss, who I... Oh, no, we have long conversations about Doctor Who together. Oh, I really enjoy those. And then I was just going to go back <laughs> and I saw um, Brian Cox and Derek oh, which Jacobi. Which one? Brian Cox. Um, Scientist or Succession? Succession, okay. Brian Cox. Oh. And um, Derek, Derek Jacobi, both um, heading back, and I thought, I can't compete if they're going to talk no. about acting. What am I going to be saying? Oh, yes, I remember when I was in Cooking with Elvis at the Whitehall. <laughs> no, so I left. I, I held a turtle over my part. I bottled it. I didn't go. Did you? What did you? Remember when you held oh, no. the turtle? It was right? a tortoise. <laughs> I was trying to give you a compliment. Um, obvious to get one to cover my part, I had to travel to the Galapagos Islands. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I did, yeah. I always remember as well, when I held that, I, I was naked and I was covering myself with this tortoise. Mm. And I'd say tortoise, but I'm going with you. Um, I could feel the twin jets of the cold, <laughs> cold air coming from its nostrils. Oh, I get that from um, my dog sometimes. Um, I quite like I it. I know, but Amphibian. dogs are warm-blooded, aren't mm. they? But, but this yeah. was cold because of the cold-blooded reptilian thing in my hands. And the tortoise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, I reached for the button then because I thought we need to get out of here after that. And I, 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 there's more time to go. Oh, Pawing at the parachute ripcord. But anyway, the motive and the cue—it was really uh, right. It was—it was splendid. That's an intimidating backstage, though. I can—I wouldn't have. No, dared. no. Speak for but I tell you, because the woman's playing Elizabeth Taylor in it. Um, she's called Tuppence. Oh, Tuppence Middle, Tuppence Middle. Yes, and she. Um, I do you remember I went to see Julie Andrews at the Auto. No, I'm not, but I would have been a good one. Yeah. Um, I. Um, I went to see Julie Gift. I went to see. Oh God, don't remind me. <laughs> And, she did a um, show called Simeon's Gift. And, and there was a like sound, of a rattling electric sound. And I thought, someone is driving a milk float into the hospitality box. And it was um, Elizabeth Taylor in an electric wheelchair. And the hum was the electric wheelchair. And the rattling was literally her jewellery. Oh, wow. And I've never been impressed by jewellery. But Elizabeth Taylor's jewellery seemed to have... The, the very fire of heaven in it. It would look stunningly beautiful. Really? Gosh. And she, um, we went into darkness and um, 
I was just looking at the shadow of Elizabeth Taylor, and then and then Julie Andrews <laughs> on the other side. It was you know, and just before the interval came, I saw her take out lipstick in the dark and apply it completely in the dark, no mirror. And when the light came on, it was immaculately done. Gosh, what a woman! <laughs> and that man was Robert Dougal. <laughs> Now, I had a friend who said if ever an anecdote didn't go as well as he hoped, he always used to put that on the end of it. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. You can text the show on 8 12 15. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via Frank at AbsoluteRadio.co.uk. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so Emily doing Dean. Sh- shop assistants impression. <laughs> Emily Dean. Um, so, so regarding the metal frame, oh yes, jutting forth upwards, as it were, from the house in Camden. I mm. think this is a winner. This one from uh, six three two. Could it be an old police house, and the old blue lantern was lowered into it? There's massive police. But it's a big. It would have to those be a are big. big like, were they really giant yeah. size? I suppose it could have been. Yeah. I feel like. If you don't mind me saying, um, good luck, everyone. I feel you're rejecting every suggestion. Well, I mean, f- 461, recammed and door furniture. I yeah. like that it's being called <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> furniture now. I'm with Kathy. <laughs> I'm with Kathy, says Maz. Okay. So Maz thinks Kathy's right. It is some sort of square basketball is it, arrangement. Is it, speaking of door furniture. A sco- an, an escutcheon. Oh, yeah. Do you know that? Martin escutcheon. No, but isn't an escutcheon one of those panels that you get next to a door handle to keep the door clean? Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm thinking of? Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think that's an escutcheon. Is that an escutcheon is? It's not yeah. a sort of indent in the wall or something? No, I think there's a little panel so that your, um, your clammy fingers don't eventually put a dirty mark on your the clammy fingers yeah <laughs> your clammy fingers uh, again a great title for a poem ruth jordan could it be that someone famous lives in the camden house and the square frame is so they can hang their own version of the anointing screen Oh, when they leave God, home, she's rich. She's avoid brought the all the all the varying <laughs> threads of the show together. What a woman! <laughs> now, so um, what else? Well, oh dear. Well, we've also had a request. Can I request a song by Slade, please? As you know, they are a black country band. They are. <laughs> hmm? Yes. I'll leave that. What with you, song Frank? do you want? Um, I'll give you a quick one. Claire, it's Claire Hanford. <laughs> so maybe in lieu of playing it, Frank could give us a burst. Okay. <laughs> All right, everybody, let your head down. I better stop there. Well, I'm at some like, Billy Ray Cyrus part. Yeah. <laughs> but it would it would have become get down and get with it. <laughs> Get with it. You don't hear that phrase enough these no, days. No. Well, someone sent in a thing about phrases that you don't hear anymore, wasn't it? Um, your wish is my yes. command. Someone did. I Someone... hear it quite a lot at um, the S&M parties. Oh, I go to. Disgusting. Um, 849, hi, Frank Emily and Pierre. Whatever happened to the phrase, your wish is my command? It was always that as well, that rhythm, your wish is my command. Yeah. I feel like... I heard this a lot as a child, whether said sarcastically or not. But I haven't heard it for years now. That's actually from Daniel in Dorset. I thought that was going to be from King Charles III. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it a lot when I was a child. <laughs> was, it a, was it a genie thing originally? Yeah. yeah, I look to you. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, your, your wish is my command. Oh, so it was like an Aladdin job. Yeah, did a wonderful so. thing there. So he placed both hands across his elbows. He did. He did. He's, you'd, you'd be a great genie. <laughs> Do you think? Oh, oh my man, God. You were born to play the genie in Aladdin. <laughs> oh, my God, you're the genie. Wouldn't I have to be sort of fully waxed and painted blue? Uh, yes. Very <laughs> well. You've sold me on it. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> He's Frank, he even says very well. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's perfect. And when you <laughs> want something to happen, you'd go... 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Genie, come, come, Genie. Really? You, you, I would. Oh, if okay. it comes up, is it still in the West End, Aladdin? I thought you meant the genie. I don't know where he lives these days. No, well, I think he's, genie, he's, he's out the bottle. I'll tell you what also, but you also know, you know everything. So genie answers all your questions. But yeah. you've, I think you're quite loving boundaries yeah. as a genie. Because I think you'd say, no, you have three wishes only. Okay. Yeah. Would, and I would sort of, it would be like footballers now, they have to have a financial advisor. <laughs> there's I, a sort of genie, but there's also an accountant and a therapist. I feel you don't Pierre, want to wish for that. I think Pierre would be a, a bit more judgy on the wishing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be, they'd be really self conscious about what they were. Oh, I wish for the Encyclopedia Britannica, please. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Boys, there's something that needs to be discussed this morning. Without further ado, it's a big night tonight, yes. as you know, in Liverpool. Yes. Um, Eurovision. What, Everton Man City? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's Eurovision, yes. It's Eurovision. I have to say, we're a Eurovision family in our house. What, mm. what does that mean? We do the bits of paper when you write down your top three secretly. Uh, so I've, at I've, the end, you can go, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we love you. Oh wow! Oh, I do as well. This is all alien to me. Yeah, is it? I, I no. can imagine you not being able to relax into it. No, you've got to leave your irony at the door uh, with yeah. Eurovision. Leave it hanging on my metal frame. Above yeah, the door. Exactly, whatever that is. Yeah. You see, already Judge Genie, which is the character yeah, we Judge, Judge, Judge Genie. Yeah, I can imagine Judge Genie. Judge Genie. Judge Genie. I wish to attend the Eurovision. Mm. Oh, that's what no, I do. No, no. Do fold, you? I'd fold my arms like that and I'd go, hmm. Dad, God, to the Eurovision. <laughs> There's a talk by the Astronomer Royal tonight. No, but I really want to go now. Dad, God, to it. It's, um, such, a, it's such a pleasure to hear a sort of uh, kind of mad... Afrikaans farm accent associated with highfalutin ideals. Exactly. <laughs> the it's astronomy. a rare combo with the Astronomer Royal. Oh, man. Anyway, the Eurovision Song Contest... Um, mm. It sounds like you're going to give a history <laughs> of it. <laughs> well, I think, can I be honest? I feel frankly intimidated by Judge Jeannie here. I know. Oh, God, I, I've said I enjoy it. He's looking at me differently. He's judged us both. That's what he does. Um, people are going crazy wild... Mm. Not my phrase. The phrase of... Do you remember who first said that phrase? No, I don't. Not. It was Daniel Was Amicacci. it Lord Alfred Douglas? No, it was Daniel Amakachi, <laughs> the former Everton striker. Oh, he went crazy wild. He said, all the fans are going crazy wild. I As like if it was it. the thing. Mm. Hyphenated? No, he doesn't bother with oh, hyphens. Okay. Um, but I've already seen some of the runners and riders. I love France already. Do you? Yeah. Have you heard it? No. Evidemment, it's called. Evidemment. So it's in French, I'm guessing. Obviously. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it just is, she just says repeatedly, évidemment. What does that mean? Uh, evidently, obviously. Yeah. Oh, OK. Mm. And she, Frank, I think you're really, I think she might like that one. OK. Yeah. I quite like, there's one called Cha Cha Cha. <laughs> of course there is. And it's about, I don't know where he's from, but he wears... Um, a he's Finnish, I think. He wears a green bolero, <laughs> is what they call it. Quite a padded thing. And I worked with Jonathan Ross on a show, and he gave me, he said, I've got a present for you, for bars. That's my child, in case you're new to the show. And he gave me two enormous um, Hulk hands. Oh, yes. And... The green bolero would have been the perfect accessory to the... It's, it's even got, like, the big shoulders and biceps in it. Oh, of course. It's a bit Hulk gets invited to the Met Ball. Yes, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a bit Hulk just after a, a really good deep, dish, deep tissue massage has brought the green to the surface. <laughs> It's, Frank, it's also got the flavour of, um, excuse me, Hulk, may I take your wrap for you before you went there? It's the sort of wrap. Yes, the it is, wrap. but no one would say that to the Hulk. <laughs> no. Um, can I take your wrap? It's my shoulder! <laughs> um, but there's something about that song which I'll tell you about in a, in a secondum. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Frank has been talking... 
I mean, the man's obsessed about... I believe his name is Caria. Caria or something. Yeah. Any Finns listening? That's his first name. His surname is Opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Um, bravo. What's the finish for Bravo? Um, I think it's Bleaktik. Anyway, He's, don't quote me on that. You really like him, the look of him. Well, I'll tell you what it is. Do you remember when you used to talk about Franz Ferdinand's um, Take Me Out? Song one and two. A song one and two, yeah. So it's like a song that someone... You know when it used to be tales of people that bought a second-hand car mm. only to find that it was two wrecked... The halves of two wrecked cars that have been welded together in the middle. Mm. And they get songs like that where you get a song and then it just changes and becomes another song. Yeah. One could argue that in Bohemian Rhapsody... Was an example of such a thing. So, but then we always felt you were either a so if you're lonely or a yeah, I was very much anyway. Yeah, that cha 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 by the by 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 career opportunities. It um, it starts off. I love the first half, and I thought this is going to be my fa- oh, and it suddenly uh, become a song I didn't like as much. Do you know what? I've got what? a confession. I'm not saying this for the purposes of the radio show. This is honestly true. I heard the opening, and it sounded like twelve old men playing kazoo's. My shouting. favorite. And I thought, oh can my I tell god, you, can I this tell is you so frank. And then I thought, this is getting a bit better in the can, second half. Can I tell you a story? <laughs> I was on uh, eBay looking at um, books. And they had um, G.K. Chesterton (laughs) selected works and someone had written in the comments thing, very (laughs) old-fashioned and boring. And I thought, I'm having that. And I bought it. I bought it on that recommendation. (laughs) Exactly what I'm looking for. What about you have that on one of your... Use that for one of your posters, Frank. Yeah, an inverse uh, review uh, sort of system. But I thought if anyone thinks that about it, I'll almost certainly love it. Yeah. And it's great. It's, it's you know. It's well, I've got to be honest. As soon as I heard the voices, and it, it sounded like old men. Oh, you've heard the voices again. <laughs> I've told you never mentioned that on air. Seventies, oh, Joe. <laughs> you can. It sounded like people with strep throat, and I thought he'll like oh, this. Oh, you know, I love the start, and then I think, <laughs> oh, ch- oh, Korea. <laughs> Oh, People well. are saying it's a bit like Ram- Rammstein, is it? Oh, he's got a bit. No, that first bit is like Rammstein. Yeah. We all live in America. America. Yes, exactly. Yeah. One, so, of the, one of the few heavy metal songs to mention Wonder Bras. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Career. Perhaps the only one. Career opportunity, as yeah. it shall now be called, I'm afraid. What I liked is when they approached him for a comment, did you see what he said, Frank? He said... This has been everything. It's hard to put this situation into words, and that's why I won't say anything. Yeah, that's very Finnish. But then what I like, which is this very Finnish, because he said, I've received lots of lovely messages, but I'm booked up, so I can't be contacted at the moment. Kisses and hugs to you all. Wow. <laughs> I'm booked up. Yeah. You don't really well, talk I to have, fans like that. I have had Finnishes like that yeah. in relationships. <laughs> <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. We're on Eurovision. Mm. The Israel entry. Did you yeah. see that one? They've no. got a song called Unicorn. Okay. I think it's going to do well. Do you do know you? why? The young people, they love a unicorn. They do. Give them a unicorn. The ba- do you remember The Bachelors? The Bachelors were a tree, an Irish oh, trio. Oh, I remember The Bachelors, dear. I, the Bachelors, no, this was a group, though. <laughs> and uh, it was Conan Deck McCloskey and then another Irish guy who wasn't one of the brothers. I remember the day John Lennon died. The whole of television that night was Beatles. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. And I remember my dad saying, I don't know what the fuss is about, they weren't a patch on The Bachelors. <laughs> Anyway, they did a song about the unicorn, probably in the 60s. Oh, they've got fashionable. Yeah, but this the unicorn's been reinvented as a whole bubble tea. All but of the this was a thing. whole origin story. And the idea was that Noah omitted to invite the unicorn. Oh, right. So you get um, 
Humpty back camels, chimpanzees, and all that kind. It, it lists all the thing, and he goes, "But you ain't gonna see no unicorn." And that was it. Was about um, wrong, as it turns out. They're everywhere now. You can't get. I mean, what what is it with the unicorns? The li- unicorn lilos as well. Why aren't yeah. people satisfied with the narwhal? <laughs> If they need a single horned creature, <laughs> don't invent one. Go for the narwhal. <laughs> and the pastel sprinkles on the unicorn, please. Yes. Yeah. Now listen. What about Frank? I did think of you. I thought of you a couple of times. I thought of you the first time when I heard career opportunity mm-hmm. in his Hulk shoulder outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, the second time was when I came across the Austrian song. Oh yes. Mm. Do you want to... I think we need to hand over to you well, because I'll there is you, a poetry I, I, theme. I can, read, I can read you a bit of a lyric from it. There's a ghost in my body and he is a lyricist. It is Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> I think he can't resist. Strange love right? that yeah. catalogue. And it's about being possessed by Edgar Allan Poe, the American um, writer. Mm. Um, I like the way Frank went writer. He's not going to give him poet. Well, He's not no, going to he, give him poet. He was a poet. but um, No, he was a poet. Mm. He did um, um, Once Upon a Midnight Dreary as I Pondered. He did Weak that. and Weary. Yeah, yeah. He did the nice raven one. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the right. Yeah, the raven one. Yeah. Um, he, was, he was no stranger to a terrible rhyme. In, no. um, Sponsored by Lenore as well. Yeah. <laughs> the raven one. Yeah. Oh, I love a literary joke. <laughs> but in that one, um, he says, this is one of the rhymes from <laughs> the rhyme. Are you suggesting Edgar Allan Poe's doing a read for Lenore? <laughs> <I hope so>. <laughs> <laughs> when he wrote The Raven. Yeah. Yeah, so, I've got a collab deal with Lenore. Can I give you one of his rhymes from Sorry, The Rife? And Surely that is something at my window lattice. Let me see then what they're at is. Now, I think <laughs> that could be in Eurovision. Yeah. It? yeah. Is it a bit, she's broke, but it's Oak from Lady it, in yeah, the Tram? exactly. <laughs> but it's a great... Um, I like the idea of writing a song about being possessed to write a song, if you know what I mean. Would I, I thought it was interesting that the, the Austrian singers, it's Thea and Salena, yeah. are saying it's a sort of satire of how... You know, it's hard to be taken seriously as a female lyricist and stuff, and that makes sense. But I can't imagine two Austrian songwriters going, "Well, who do we know who is taken seriously as a modern lyricist?" <laughs> yeah, well, it's probably what? someone like Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> How can we be taken seriously? Well, what if we were possessed <laughs> by a dead writer from long time? Yes, <laughs> then we would be have absolute authenticity. <laughs> Oh, man. Bad ideas, number 11. <laughs> Let's be possessed by Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Regarding the mystery metal frame above the door. Yes. A text in oh. from uh, 923. My gran used to put a box of hemlock over her front door to ward off evil spirits. Wow, that's a big box of yeah. hemlock, but I like the idea of that. Of course, speaking of Edgar Allan Poe, it could be where the raven lands. Sits. Yeah. Oh, Isn't that? there a... Who, who is it? Palace. There's a bust a over pal- the door. A pallid bust of Palace. That he's the, the, the raven. Oh, so we had a bit of a Edgar Allan Poe loving in the break. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Well, yeah. I felt, you know what? I felt, I had, we had the poetry czar here. Yeah. Ah. I felt a tree. Can I, but also think about the raven. Not great company, though. No. Mix no. it up a bit, love. No, it says never more. A bit monothematic, <laughs> the raven. A bit monothematic, dear. We should mention Mae Muller, who is our representative yes. tonight. And uh, she's got a song. I'm going to uh, quote from it. Wanted to, She's just been dumped by her boyfriend in the song. Shame. Wanted to trash your Benz, B-N-Z. Uh, mm. Tell all your friends how cruel you were to me. But then mm. I wrote a right. song. It's all right when they say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like the idea of turning something negative and awful into art like that. A bit like my discussion of my run at the Soho Theatre. <laughs> <laughs>
for a strange comparison. <laughs> when... And uh, we should say also, she is theatrical royalty. People are forgetting this, or perhaps they don't care. She's the granddaughter of uh, the actor Dame Billy Whitelaw. The late mm. Billy Whitelaw. It wasn't trending on TikTok, that piece of information, but I thought it might no. be interesting mm. for some of our older no, readers. Well, uh, it, it is Thank you, good day. Um, not Willie Whitelaw, by the way, in case anyone... <laughs> they won't that. know who that is on TikTok no. either. Well, look, as you know, I'm wearing today my uh, sweatshirt with absolutely mullered on it because Absolute are absolutely backing her <laughs> in the thing. Um, she used to go, did you know? She went, I mean, this is a bit of local stuff, bear with us. But I used to live in a place called Belsize Park where there's a sort of a, a college that I never worked out, but young men... <laughs> Look, the boys would stand outside in cravats and trilbies smoking. And I realised, of course, it was a, a fine arts college. Yeah, yeah. And she went there. I went there briefly oh, as did well. Did you really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Did you a smell Galois? Orlando Bloom went there. Did he really? All sorts oh. in, in the out. days when he wore trousers. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Katy Perry. So I'm back in France. She thought it was a sequel. Oh, my. Anyway, you're back I'm in France. Evidemment. Uh, okay. Frank Skinner, you are. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to back May, obviously. You know what I mean? Oh, we're all backing May, but we've I mean, got to have I another country. I would go to the cannon's mouth for my sovereign. Yeah. Um, but but you... no. But apart from May, I'm going to. I'm going to go for cha 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 and fade it halfway through. Okay. Not the Hulk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not the. He hasn't got. Can that. I just say one thing? I I must have told you about this, but I watched a documentary about a man who claimed that he really was possessed by Handel. <laughs> You know Handel? Oh, right. And he said, when I first met Handel, he said, <laughs> he said, I've had several lives. When I first met Handel, I was the society beauty, and then it was something like Countess Sophia di Vicenza. And the guy said, oh, OK, you know, we'll t- take you s- seriously. And he said, where did you meet him? He, he said, what? She said, well, I was living in, in Atlantis at the time. <laughs> oh, you've really fumbled that ball. <laughs> You had, a, you had a few fans left out there, uh, and you said Atlantis. Can we... <laughs> um, that, re- that reminds me of a, a Radio 4 thing I heard about the Loch Ness Monster, and someone put a really reasoned view about how it could be a colony of, of these reptiles that lived. That's why it's gone all these years. It's a family and blah, blah, blah. And then another folks says, I think there was one originally, but I think the one people see now is a ghost. <laughs> This monster a ghost. Is it not far-fetched enough for you? You're, you're, anyway. You're gilding the lily. Oh, man. Thank you for listening to us this morning. Um, come on, May. Yeah. You can do it. And if the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now get out.